Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Purist podcast. I think we're on episode 37 now, around there. Um, I'm joined today by Manny, Back with Hangman, and Rob. Um, we're going to talk a bit of WWE news, uh, just general news, to be honest. We're going to talk the Ric Flair last match. We're going to talk SummerSlam, and uh, we're going to try to get in and out of it before Raw starts. So, um, yeah, I'll start with you, Manny. How are you doing today, bro? Doing good. I just found a random five-star match from Dave. <laughs> Which one would that be? Onita, mm-hmm. El Hijo de Santo, Tarzan Goto versus Horace Boulder, Negro Cassis, and Tim Patterson. Now, before you, before you, before, you, before you say anything, I want to guess the promotion. You, give me the, what year did this happen? Nineteen ninety-two. Is this FMW? Yes. Okay. It's okay. a two out of three falls match. And it happened in FMWLA. Well, there you go. <laughs> Hanger select. Hanger select. Yes, sir. I get. I get into that, man. Uh, you didn't introduce me, but that's fine because I, I don't did. need. I know. I was gonna say I, I don't need an introduction. I'm. I'm it's your boy, backup hangman. Uh, I'm here today. I'm unopposed at the top of my throne today. No AO, so I can. I can. I can breathe easy with my world title in my hand. Um. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's been a very eventful weekend. A lot of fun stuff, honestly, going on in the wrestling industry. Uh, yeah. And it's it's we're in a period where, like, a lot of things are about to get uh, put into gear. And I'm very interested in how it goes when it comes to just the competitive aspect of the two big major companies in the United States. Uh, so it's going to be very fun to watch. And I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about it. AO was afraid to spar with me today, which is why he oh, avoided crazy. this podcast. He was, he was just in fear. And uh, he needed some more training. He's yeah, he needed, not gonna like a, that. Ao needed some training. You know, he he thought he was him after that podcast oh, debut. No. He did a great job. Um, but what happened was after the game, he realized that his legs were wobbly because you know it's an endurance thing. You know, like you you got to do this shit. You know, you got to do this shit fifty two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Um, so while he's recovering, uh, Rob and Manny are holding the fort down, uh, and I'm happy to see them. Rob, how are you doing today, brother? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, just was at work today, and then y'all hit me up. And they're all like, "Well, Chris and Ao are not here. Are you are you available to do the podcast?" And I was like, "All right, cool. It's whatever." Consummate professional, so. Rob, man. Consummate <laughs> professional, Rob. Uh, Manny, I mean not Manny. Fucking Monty. Let's 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 get into it, man. Let's what are we talking about, bro? Yeah. So okay, we'll start off with the Sasha and Naomi news. So um, yeah, WrestlingNews.co. Not really known for scoops and news and that sort of thing, Being the first uh, but it, it, it is a uh, it is a big website, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of similar to when um, Raj Giri reported that Sasha was released in the first place, really, because like, yeah. you know Raj isn't known scoops there, but he does have a big enough platform where you have to at least consider that it's you know truthful. Um, truthful. But anyway, um, WrestlingNews.co uh, they have reported that. Sasha and Naomi have reached an agreement to join back uh, back into the WWE and they could potentially even be uh, re-debuting, if you want to call it that. Um, we don't, we did, well, they didn't officially leave, so um, whatever you want to call it, they could be coming back tonight or sometime in the near future. So um, that's obviously sent Twitter into a frenzy. And um, yeah, man, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been confirmed by obviously anybody in WWE yet and it hasn't been... Um, Backed up by Sean Rossap or Dave Meltzer or anyone of um, you know the usual wrestling news sources, so that's kind of where we're at with the Sasha and Naomi thing at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, it looks like Triple H may have um, lured them back, but we'll see. <laughs> Triple H did it again. Maybe, maybe. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go around. We'll go around to get everyone's kind of take on it. Um, I'll start with you, Hollywood. Um, yeah, kick us off then. About a month, maybe a month and a half ago, Hollywood Hangman Adam Pierce tweeted that oh, Sasha Banks and Naomi <laughs> will be back in WWE. Quote me on this. And many people did quote me on this. And they quoted me yelling at me, calling me an idiot, calling me a fucking mark, saying that that's just super unlikely and all this other stuff. And quite frankly, Monty, you know, someone should probably run through the tapes. Absolutely, here he goes. Absolutely. It's essay time, baby. It's essay. See, Charlie, here he goes. Listen, Monty, you can run through the fucking tapes. I said on your pod, Monty, I said, we'll know exactly. We'll have a better idea about the Sasha situation after SummerSlam. I said SummerSlam weekend was going to be a milestone. We're going to know one way or the other. And what the fuck happened? The day after SummerSlam is when you start hearing all these whispers. And even leading up to SummerSlam, we heard Triple H was working feverishly to get them back in contact. Ladies and gentlemen, when Hangman made that tweet about Sasha being back, I didn't. that wasn't speculation. That wasn't me having a hunch. It wasn't me guessing. I don't say things unsubstantiated. I don't just throw things out. Hollywood Hangman Pierce is in Gorilla with Paul Levesque. You know, I, I talk to Paul. I sit next to him. We fly on the same plane. You know, I got the game plan. You know what I'm saying? I basically work for all these companies. You know, I'm like a double agent. One boy. And so, and so, when I tell you something, I'm 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 like kind of giving you guys a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm trying to let y'all niggas know what's going on. You know, so if if Hanger Select is giving you scoops, you know, appreciate the scoops, savor it. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate the shit. So anyway, with that, all that out of the way, of course, Stephen A. Smith, damn right, absolutely. If you keep going to the same around Stephen A, you're gonna hurt your shoulder. Uh, my wow. shoulder's already I, I have a partially torn labrum, but but anyway. Oh, um yeah, and no, I, I seriously do. Uh you know, I I'd like some well wishes in the chat, honestly, for, for hangman Adam Pierce with, with my physical injury. Uh but but seriously, man, was there any real doubt? I know a lot of people were I know a lot of people were hoping that Sasha would leave. Uh personally, I, I was too, especially when Vince was still around. I didn't want her to come back um because mm-hmm. of just how they treated her and how they just don't value just the, the, the full extent of how great she is, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and because of WWE's just chaotic up and down booking, I just thought like there was just she was wasting her time, honestly. Um, but but, but uh, that's that's opinion, right? But in terms of what I believed was going to happen, I was like eighty percent sure she was going to be back. It was a matter of 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 um, when, not if. I'm surprised it's this early, um, and I, I'm sure the Triple H, Triple H getting power probably sped the whole thing up. So, you know, I knew Hunter was going to forego all ego and forego all the pettiness and just do what he had to do to get her back, you know, including telling her what she needs to hear, giving her what she wants. And good on Sasha. She's a superstar. And so she deserves to be someone that's, you know, courted and and valued and, um, you know, given everything that she wants to, to come back. So, you know, what's my opinion now on this? She's walking into a situation with a, a pretty fucking stacked Raw Women's Division. You know what I mean? They have Rhea Ripley, they have Io Shirai, they have Dakota Kai, they have Bailey, they have Bianca, uh, they have Asuka. This is a good, this is a damn uh, uh, stack division from a talent standpoint. 
Yeah. And 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 you you'd figure Triple H, especially coming off what he was doing in NXT in the last like, year or two, um, this is a guy who's really going to focus on the women's division compared to like what Bruce was doing, him and Johnny Ace with the borderline diva shit we've gotten. So um, you know, it, it's a it's a cause for optimism, quite frankly. I think I, I, it's fair to say like this is a very optimistic thing for the WWE, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what what comes of this. So that's my opinion. There's, um, it does feel like it's a, um, you know, we can kind of speculate and try to pick out the um, little details that Triple H has, you know, brought to the table since coming back into power, we'll call it. Yeah. And um, I guess the main one, especially if this one is true, is making a statement with the women's division. Um, you know, bringing Dakota back after she was released. Um, giving Io Shirai what she wanted by promoting her up to the main roster. Obviously, having Bailey debut because, you know, she was kind of just sitting there for weeks. Um, bringing also all three of those back at SummerSlam was obviously a big statement in itself. And, you know, if uh, Triple H, definitely whoever it is who's made the calls. Um, that was, it was fantasy fever dream booking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I thought definitely. I thought it was going to stop at Bailey, and then he just, he's like, nah, Dakota Kai too. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> And, and, and then fucking Dio Shirai. It was it was like it was very much Tony Khan esque, dare I say. You know It was definitely like I said, it was definitely a statement. Um Yeah. Manny shaking his head. Run up the TK tapes. He's like, Man, how's he do this? How's he a better booker than me? Yeah, I, listen, <laughs> that angle, you know, being media friendly, being the baby face on social media. You know, it's a successful playbook. I think if there's anything that WWE should emulate from AEW, it's the fact that we need to stop being a heel promotion. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's so that's so dead in this like Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. If you if you if you change the narrative and have goodwill surrounding your promotion and your booker and 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 set the the stage up for people to kind of basically look at your product and go, hey, but I trust Triple H and I believe in Triple H the way they do with Tony Khan, that's 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 a benefit to your product. You know, because even when bad things happen, you'll get the benefit of the doubt. That's the benefit of being a babyface promotion. You know, you could like so. You know, if, if bad things happen on Raw tonight, people will just say, "Hey, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's gonna take time." I believe in Triple H. You know, you gotta undo all the Vinceness, and it's gonna take some time. And, and you, yeah. you know, you know, you know how you get that goodwill, good fucking will. Triple H yeah. has goodwill built from NXT. You know, and so yeah, it's important to not be a heel promotion, and 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 I think that's going to be his biggest asset uh, in the coming weeks when it comes to just uh, rehabilitating this 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 awful product. Yeah, uh, Rob, have you got any uh, hot takes on the whole Sasha and Naomi potentially coming back situation? I mean, I uh, you know I am an AEW fan. I'm a fan of both. Really, I just enjoy wrestling. I. I uh, it's just not that big a deal to me. I know that's like weird. It's just like well, everybody wanted to go to AEW. Everybody wanted to go to Japan. Wanted her to, like Sasha to go to Japan. It's just like at the end of the day, at some point, you knew they were coming back, and it was going to take Vince being out of power to come back because of what he did him and Ace and them did to her and Naomi. So I, I'm not surprised. I knew it, at some point we had to be real with ourselves and stop being in denial and realize it was coming. So. Fez, <laughs> it, it is a it is a kind of a perfect storm of events, you know. Like they were they were done, and then a lot of the people that led to their frustration are just not there, you know. Yeah, like Johnny Ace is not there. 
Vince right. McMahon, who I mean, for all, for, for all, you know, as far as I knew, Vince McMahon and Sasha had a positive relationship. But um, but I'm I'm sure Sasha is even aware that look, the guy, you know, he is what he is when it comes to just uh, creatively, and she probably just had not much interest anymore in just working for him and his vision and how he how he presents her and books her you know so it looks everybody's watching these shows you know and we'll get into it with SummerSlam. but the wrestling world was obviously they had their eyes on the show if nothing else but just to see like you know this it's this is the industry that they're in and it's like does this place are they going to indicate that there's a spot for me you know what i mean like I'm sure there's a lot of former Triple H guys, former NXT guys, even people just in that are signed to contracts. They're probably keeping an eye on like, okay, what does this new regime mean for a talent that does what I do? You know, because WWE for the last years, the last few years, it was the reality is very clear. If you're an independent style talent, AEW is your spot. If you are a sports entertainer, you know, even though it's a cliche, but a, a an guy, athlete. Who, an athlete, WWE is your spot. And so it's almost like if you're, let's say, a Blake Christian type of person, there's no point in even even attempting to go to WWE. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now in this new reality, uh, the, the game has changed, especially for women's wrestler. Triple H, that was a big statement of intent, debuting Dakota Kai on the main roster with Io Shirai and Bailey, you know, and turning Becky uh, Becky babyface. That's Triple H basically saying, hey, I'm going to give a shit about women's wrestling, you know, and I'm going to really try to make this shit really good. So if, if if that's what you're all about, then come over to my company. No, you know? it was fucked up, though. Yeah, all those women's wrestlers come out, and all of them came out during the Raw segment, but none of them came out during the SmackDown segment. That's yeah, I, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with SmackDown. That's yeah, we need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Even Manny, you, you as someone who doesn't uh, really keep much up to date with WWE, is like. Even on paper, bro, you look at the Raw Women's Division and the SmackDown Women's Division, and it's literally like um, our friend Joe literally tweeted about it earlier. Like, there is always kind of a discrepancy between the two rosters when they do um, the brand since they've done the brand split and whenever they have done it. There is always one show that is quite considerably better. But when you look at the women's divisions between SmackDown and Raw at the minute, it is genuinely like hilarious. <laughs> They have no stars on on SmackDown, like unless I'm forget- missing or forgetting somebody. Like, Leave and Ronda, and Ronda's been suspended. Ronda's suspended. <laughs> she she's ice cold. She's had an awful run. She's Liv not Morgan, ice cold, you know, bro. She's, Honestly, she's she's, she's on Twitter. She's on Twitter, bro. We're in the stadiums and stuff. She's over. So it's just I guess, like, I, guess I just to, to me it's just like she's on Twitter getting cooked by Natalia every week. I guess I guess what I mean by ice cold. I, yeah, maybe I, sure, sure. I'll, I'll give you that. They're probably still cheering her, but. I guess my point is, um, she is not having the run she had her first time. Yeah, no. I think think, think anyone can, everyone can agree on that. And so it's like a much worse Ronda Rousey, who is kayfabe suspended. And then what do you have? Liv Morgan, Natalia, Shotzi, uh, uh, Aaliyah, Zia Lee. This is this is again. This is this is this is putrid. Like it's fucking moribund. This is like just it's on. That's unwatchable. You know, and then and then you turn around on Raw and they have Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, Bianca, Rhea Ripley, uh, Becky Lynch, presumably Sasha Banks and Naomi, and, and, and that's not even letting naming some of the other. Yeah. And, and, and those are just the top names. Everybody else, you know, you could have them function as pin eaters, so to speak. You know, but like a, a let's say let's say Dewdrop gets reverted back to being Piper Niven and gets made into a viable con- uh, contender. Mm-hmm. You know, notice like. It's like they uh, the raw has like 
this star stuff. I'm trying to think of like an NBA star studded roster where yeah. it's like all across the board. And then SmackDown has that one roster that went nine and seventy-three. <laughs> like no, it was, it's Literally. actually nasty. No, no, yes. Yeah. Raw's women's division is is a dynastic level NBA basketball oh, team. That, that, that's nasty. It's di- it's <laughs> hangman is the shotzi of the Russell Pierce main roster. That's just not that's true. That's just not true. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm Sasha. I'm Sasha. If I walked out, if I walked out, bad things would happen to Russell Pierce. Someone asked a question earlier, so if I'm cutting yeah. anyone off. No, no, um, feel, 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 free to, feel free to ask you questions. You know what? Um, do you think they will let Sasha shoot on Vince and Johnny Ace on Love TV? Oh, don't. Yes. I mean, yes. 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 Like they, not, like not, not, not overtly and in an extended promo, but subtly, yes. Yes, like the first thing they let Roman do last week was be like, hey, nigga, your daddy's not here no more, bro. Like, <laughs> you, got, you got to scrape from the bottom, little bro. I'm going to yeah. tell you. Yeah. I, I mean, guys, on, on commentary for SummerSlam, we had the moment where, where Michael Cole, I mean, um, where Corey Graves said, like, I, I liked it better when you weren't allowed to have an opinion. And, and and Michael Cole said, well, that's changed and a lot's changed. You know, mm-hmm. so to me, it's very clear that they're they're fine with just kind of acknowledging what the reality is, which is that Vince is gone. And that, that's a good thing for a lot of people. You know, so um and yeah, like and right like Rob said, Paul Heyman last week when um the microphone wasn't working, Paul Heyman oh, said, yeah. You want he looked at the mic guy and said, You want to be the next to go? <laughs> Yeah, he said, and then he goes, then he goes, he goes, I want your name. You'll be the next one to go. I was like, wow. Yeah, so I'm sure Sasha Banks will probably vaguely allude to it and just say, hey, listen, when you're just as good as me, you know, you get sick of just not being treated like that. Something very just subtle like that, you know, Um, I'm sure. All I'm getting getting from all these Sasha takes is she was afraid of the grind. She's afraid of the girl. Oh, she didn't want to wrestle in Japan and do the tours, and then she didn't yeah. want to wrestle on SmackDown. Manny, Manny is a uh, Manny's the, the um he's he's doing AO proud right now, you know, because we Man, needed the really hate right we, now. We, we needed a we needed a stand in agenda pusher, and I was wondering, I, I, I was seeing Manny's thinking. I can see his his brain moving, right? See, and, I, and, and, and I was wondering, like, what's gonna be the script he goes with, and what's gonna be the narrative? Because because AO would be quick with his shit, you know what I'm saying? He would turn around and be like. I don't know about the good. I just think Sasha just she's just a coward. Like I actually started talking. I just wanted. I'm not like AO where he cuts in. I was yeah, like, yeah. Time to you, you, you're wait. You're waiting for the bomb, right? You're just waiting mm-hmm. to drop the bomb. Yeah, I was just hoping I didn't forget it. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> good. Sasha, hey, listen, Sasha, Sasha she ran from the grind. Like I don't know what to tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a good point. From uh, I'll go, Jamie. Yeah. Um, if Gargano returns, SmackDown could get candies and uh, yeah. Tegan Knox will come back too. Hey, hey, Jamie. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. That's cool. Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae does not equal Bailey the Yeah, guy no, of course, of course not. Of course Banks. not. Of course not. But it's good for it's good. It's, it's good. Um, it's good filler for the division and it's stars that you can also yes. like push. Yeah. People you can legitimately yeah, like do yeah, something yeah. with. I gotta be. Like, I gotta. I gotta, yeah, I gotta like I, I, star I, power. It does not the same. But yeah, no way. Yeah. Like, I, I gotta be honest. When it comes to um, just this Triple H business, uh, let me. I'm actually looking at the live chat now for the first time, like ever. Um, uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, like ever, literally ever. But um, I was gonna say when it comes to this this Triple H business, what I can say that's positive for WWE, uh, more than like anything else, is just that, um. Before you watch the shows and you know that just a lot of what you're watching is inconsequential, will not matter in a few weeks, and that only a few people in general matter, and that no one's going to have direction, right? And so it's like, why even care be invested? 
But now um, you can actually have cause for optimism for a number of people, even people who aren't on the main roster right now. Like, for example, Nathan Frazier, the former Ben Carter, he's a Mm -hmm. sensational worker, right? And I would enjoy watching him on 2.0, but I I enjoyed him in a vacuum. Like, I enjoyed him with the reality of knowing that Vince McMahon's not going to get him and he'll probably get fired within months on the main roster or or changed into like some really stupid silly gimmick and now guys like him guys like Braun breaker you can at least be excited for them because you know that they're gonna get a push when they get called up and that's a good thing you know so so uh i think that's the biggest cause for optimism yeah it's just and and i think we're this might be like right before we move on to the next thing because we are trying to get everything in before Raw, but it's just like like uh, Triple H coming in, like you could tell, like SummerSlam, which we'll get into, may have like fallen off in the middle, kind of, but like you could tell it was very much kind of like a statement thing, which I know they said today is supposed to be a statement show, but today, like the other night at towards the beginning, like the first 45 minutes or whatever, was kind of like, all right, we're here, this is what's going on, and get ready for Clash at the Castle, because that's going to be my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a good point by Rob. Um, SummerSlam was a Triple H uh, produced show, but it was a card he inherited. Yeah, know? definitely. And 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 I'm very interested. I said this. I tweeted this uh, uh, Sunday. You know, th- this the Clash show is going to be his first show where he gets to put the card together. And and one of the things that I was personally looking for is if we're going to make an effort to rebuild the mid card. And you know, like celebrity matches can be fun at big four shows. But I think for these, a lot of these majors, like for a lot of these shows going forward, if we replace a lot of those things with just matches that matter for mid card talents and you know making the U.S. title matter and the IC title, and and we're already seeing those steps taken because tonight there's going to be two triple threat matches, um, in a mini tournament to decide the number one contender for the United States Championship, you know, and um, one of them looks to be a very good match actually. It's, it's Champa, Chad Gable, and Dolph Ziggler. So, Wait, that's a triple threat, right? Yes, yes, they're doing they're doing Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler versus Chad Gable, and they're doing uh, Mustafa Ali versus AJ Styles versus The Miz. The oh, my these, oh my! Why do they have to put the fuck? AJ Styles and The Miz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the winners of these two matches will face each other, and the winner of that match will face Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. I think it will be. Um, I think it will be AJ Mustafa and Ciampa. Really, I think I think to me AJ Chop was like obvious. I think I think AJ and Miz are gonna kind of like you know fuck with each other. Yeah, like, happened the same night. What, what do you say, man? <laughs> um, is it happening on the same night? The two three mm-hmm. ways are happening tonight. I don't know if the final match is happening tonight. I, it yeah, might, I it might, it might be happening like next week. But I, I, uh, I, I, what I think the 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 Miz everybody's like Miz AJ no yeah Miz AJ and Ali I think that match should literally be like that one triple threat on Raw with like Finn and Seth and Miz where it's just like Finn and you like Finn and Seth are the workers they're gonna do all their spots get all their shit and Miz is gonna come in and little and drop his shit in every now and then I think that's what tonight. Uh, match should be like yeah, for Miz, a roll up. <laughs> yeah like he, he should not get let let Ali and fucking AJ Cook. Did yeah, you guys the world did, did you guys see what Sean said about Tommaso Ciampa? Uh yes. no, I did not see that. Sean Rossap uh, published a report about Tommaso Ciampa and just the bottom line and the gist of it is just that an effort will be made to enhance his presentation. The Triple yeah. H regime is high on Ciampa, which is obvious. I mean, Ciampa yeah, was Triple H's cool. guy in NXT. That guy was headlining takeovers all the time. 
Um, and the 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 reports are that they they like Champa's attitude. Champa had a great attitude backstage, even when Vince was around about what he what he was doing with his role. Which which I mean, you know, that shows his professionalism because when he got called up, you know, he wasn't doing a lot of significant stuff. Like he was kind of a, a bit player, a background guy, and then he started kind of helping the Miz out. And so if he kind of was really cool about that backstage and didn't like complain, uh, I, I, you know, that's, that's, that's good for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the general thing is they're going to look to really kind of establish him and push him and showcase him and showcase his in-ring ability. And I mean, look, tonight he's in a three-way with, with two other very good wrestlers in, in, in Gable and Ziggler. So that's probably going to be very good. And he's probably going to win the match. So um, I think, I think if, if guys like him and Dakota Kai and Io Shirai already are going to be positioned really strong on this show, it's very clear that Triple H is going to be very favorable to his his children. You know what I mean? His NXT people. Um, it's funny. We, yeah. It's re- it's funny because it's like, uh, like you look at what Chopper was doing like for you, like uh, last night on we were Discord, we were watching like uh, Takeover New Orleans, and we watched okay. the main event and everything. We watched what he was doing. And he was just, facing like, uh, Andrade, right? No, 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 he was taking. He was facing Gargano. That was their first Takeover match. Okay. And it was just like you were watching that, and it's like watching now. You can tell Triple H is kind of like, all right, you have a good attitude about what you want to do, but you are not dick eating the Miz anymore, bro. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is not happening. I I think on a personal level, he like you because we've been saying this for years. If you're Triple H, imagine if you put in all these work to help these guys out, and then like independent guys that you found, and you're pushing on takeovers, right? Imagine you do that with all these guys. They get called up, and all of them are just shitted on. Like you're probably like, bro, this, this is like a waste of my fucking time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So of course he's gonna once he has the book on the main roster, he's like, bro, all those people that I put work into, I'm gonna make sure they stay like relevant. You know what I mean? Pete, because, uh, like, Pete Dunn's an interesting one because of like yes. you see, like we mentioned Champa, like they didn't yeah. even though okay, like yeah, he was dicky in the mirrors and he he was kind of just like he wasn't fundamentally changed. He wasn't he wasn't like completely buried like a carrying cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. you know what I mean. He wasn't he wasn't yeah. kicked the shit out of completely. So there is definitely something to resurrect there. Whereas, like Butch, yeah, you have to. What are you gonna do? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think, I think your your best bet is to just kind of have him kind of basically say like, you know, no more bullshitting with me. Like Butch is the nickname Seamus gave me, but my name is Pete Dunn. You guys know my name is Pete Dunn. Um, and and kind of, I guess, do a hybrid of, of of Butch and Pete Dunn, where like he's still in the Seamus stable, but he gets to wrestle more seriously and he gets to use his real name. Um, yeah, basically, uh, uh, you know, a name. You know, a name before uh, we move on, like that I've really, really been like thinking about that Triple H really loved from NXT is like nobody's been talking about the whereabouts of Bobby Roode at all. I've that's, even that's not seen Bobby Roode in like two months. He just disappeared. Yeah, like you're right. Like they did this angle. I forgot what it was. It was like him and Ziggler. Fucking with Miz, I think it was, or something like that. Was him? No, I think it was like either Miz or Theory. They were fucking with one of them, mm-hmm. and he just disappeared. He's not been on TV since. One thing I want to say is, um, I think when you're when you're like not pushed heavily, mm-hmm. being being off TV is even better than uh, just being on TV getting shitted on, because yeah. it it sets up a situation where you can just kind of like almost. Redebut on SmackDown with the glorious theme and just kind of pretend like the yeah. last years didn't even happen. Yeah, because I was about to say, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like, a, I'm not like a Bobby Roode stand. I'm not standing up for Bobby Roode. But I think he's good. I think he's really good. But like, yeah, he's really good. It's just like you remember from NXT, Triple H is a really big Bobby Roode guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big, really he's big, big Bobby Triple Roode H guy. guy. Yes, yes, they, 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 they're, uh, 
Brood has some Triple H in him and uh, and some Ric Flair and some some of that. And and Triple H was a big fan of what he does. So again, I look just just reestablishing him as glorious Bobby Roode on SmackDown, yep. being an upper mid card player facing the Sheamuses of the world and the the Drew McIntyre's like that's not a bad thing at all. Um, right. Yeah. So there there's that. And then and then lastly, all the former NXT people that you know like Joan. We saw what Jonah tweeted. He, he's clearly, clearly, <laughs> this man is in the middle of the G1 climax. I'm pretty sure he's facing Okada tonight. You yeah. know, Bobby is someone is. that could easily just pretend last year hasn't happened. Yeah, literally, just really just pretend it didn't happen. Right. Um, right but, but, uh, yeah, Jonah is about to face Okada like in the biggest match of his life. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he's, and he's out here like, you know, look at, looking for that, that WWE contract, you know, so well, don't pretend <laughs> that, that most people don't remember. What's up, Manny? I said they don't have to pretend. It's like that's not like most people remember Robbie Roode either. Yeah, no that's one, bro. Li- you know, yeah. literally to me, bro. I I I watched a lot of WWE programming, and after NXT, like if you ask me what his main roster one what run has been, like I can't tell you too much of it. You know, it's just kind of happened. Um, so if they pretended it didn't happen, I'm not gonna complain. Uh, Jonah mm-hmm. looks to be getting a Fed contract. Karrion Cross is on his knees trying to get nah, Jonah's not nah, Jonah's tweet was disgusting because he was about to get. You know, I think he did a tag match that night. He was doing a tag match that night, and he's okay. getting ready for this tag match. He's stretching, doing everything, and he's watching some of He's like, "Hmm, yeah." <laughs> like, All right, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to talk about Karrion Cross yet because I, I got. A, I got something to say about him in that Ric Flair show, man. I. Oh, oh, all right. We'll save it for the flare talk. Uh, but what I will say is, <laughs> this man is just straight up basically tweeting, like, and he's basically posting on social media, like, please, bro. That man is like, you guys want me in WWE? TikTok. It's like, it's TikTok. You can't, you can't blame the man. No, I'm not like, gonna blame him. That's that's the biggest push. That's the most. Yeah, you know, look, the push that he got off Triple H compared to <laughs> what he got on the main roster and compared to what he's got since he's Nasty. been released. He's, he's in CYN. He's in CYN. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, nah, it's CYN. Team, you, know doing funny? The same. you know what's funny? Guys, he's continuously twerking for CYN, but the yeah. funny part is CYN is literally supposed to be anti WWE. It's literally supposed to be anti-establishment. It, it, it is. Anti- Quite frankly, my man, money. I think. Uh, I think Hunter should just give Braun Strowman his job back and close that promotion. Yeah. Down. It is what I just, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys want to get into first? The Flair Show or SummerSlam? It doesn't. Flair. We'll do Flair because yeah, uh, yeah. we've kept we've killed money for like the past forty minutes. Manny, oh, Manny, yeah. Manny, what stood out to you in the undercard of the Flair match before we get to the main event? That stupid uh, Karrion Cross and uh, David Brooks match. Let's talk oh, about it, bro. What's, what's up, man? What's up? Oh, it was fine. It was just so lifeless. And then they, <laughs> yeah. they did like a Japanese heat-up spot where they know so Germans. Yeah, they yeah. So no intensity. The crowd yeah. didn't grow fuck. They yeah. were just funny. Like, as soon as I forgot, I think Davey, Sm- uh, Davey, uh, Davey Boy Smith kicked out of like a kickout. And the yeah. crowd just like, oh. Just like, just like, yeah. Manny, that's what I talk about when I talk about cosplay. You know what I mean? I was gonna say it's cosplay. I was like, bro, come on, we don't need any of this Japanese cosplay shit, man. <laughs> bro, bro, think about, think about this. If I were to say this spot on paper, it sounds incredible, right? It, yeah. It, it, on paper, Saido suplex, Saido suplex, Saido suplex, Saido suplex, fire up, trading forearms, trading lariats. That sounds incredible, right? Yeah, but but the problem is. 
It wasn't Masa Saido. It wasn't Ricky Choshu. It wasn't fucking Genichiro Tenryu. It wasn't Jumbo Saruda. It, it wasn't Kurt Angle. Masao. It wasn't Misawa. It wasn't Kurt Angle. It, it wasn't Kobashi. It was Karrion Cross with a full head of hair and and uh, Davy Boy Smith currently going through a mid thirties crisis. So oh my God, it wasn't. It wasn't even fucking. I don't, I don't even fault Carl. Bro, uh, somebody just said it in the chat. Bro, Davy was clearly there for the check, bro. He well, was no clearly there for the check, dog. Like, here's here's my thing, though. All these guys were because, look, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. <clears throat> look, man, the wrestling industry was watching the show. WWE had people at the show, production and 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 other just officials. They're obviously watching, you know, who's on the show and who maybe to look into, right? They're more right. open to signing other talents than like Vince was. So, you know, if, if you're on there, kind of like treating this like a draft combine, like, all right, you know, let me get let me get paid. You know, at least put some fucking effort into it. I'll get, yeah, guys get outshined by fucking Allen Angels, bro. Come on, dude, he was dude, out like, there. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this just ahead of time. Jonathan Gresham wrestled like he wanted to get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he, he wrestled like he knew I just quit my job <laughs> and I need a contract. You know what I mean? Gresham, yeah, Gresham wrestled. Gresham wrestled like I've got five minutes and I'm gonna make them five minutes yes, count. Yes, oh, yeah, you're, it was, it was you're, gonna, you're gonna remember me in this match and you're gonna stop slandering me and you're gonna realize <laughs> that I'm a good that's, wrestler. That's not gonna happen. And that's I'm a good wrestler and damn it, Triple H, I might be five two, but I'm awesome. You know, nah, yo, nah, the fact that he was shorter than Seth Green in that picture is disgusting. <laughs> Listen, he can't, he, can't, he can't control how he's born. I'll blame um, the camera. So, so like, uh, also, too, Karen Cross was on it, fucking Raw. And which gets, like, less viewers. Yeah. For some reason, when he came out, he got, like, the loudest pop in reaction out of anybody on there. I was just like, come on, like. Well, because bro, Cross, before he got cut, was, like, and this is not a shot at Killer Cross, you know. I, I like, I, I have nothing against the guy personally. But he was a straight up bum before he got cut, bro. Yeah, he was bro. a bum. This guy came out in that, that weird Shrek gimp mask and his weird scarlet, bro. That's the he most. Had, he had no scarlet. He had no aura, no intensity, yes. nothing. He was a the whole, the absolute... whole mask. I was like, "Where's Scarlet doing? What is she? Oh, is she oh, oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about on Raw. Regarding his match, to me, I think from a work standpoint, it was it was actually just pretty fine to me, quite frankly. But you know what the problem is, Monty? I don't know if you felt the same way. This is my first major look at Killer Cross since getting let go. And I saw a guy who, like, didn't believe in himself. Like, I saw a guy who walked out there, and he lost all his aura. And it's like he just wasn't the same. Like, he walked out, and he didn't he didn't even believe his own hype. You know, like, he didn't – at least Cross before when he was bald and he had the smoke and mirrors with his presentation. You know, it's like – at least he thought he was a bad motherfucker. And, like, nah, you know, he was presented nah. as a killer. Like, he, this is just, he was just a guy. You know, nah, bro, Fed fans, speaking of being just a guy, Fed fans or Fed stands when, like, I'm talking about hardcore Fed stands were, like, so disgusting when he came up with that get mask that people were basically making, like, lore posts like they tried to do for Malachi, talking about, yeah, <laughs> he said, he said, when he started wrestling, he's always wanted to wear a mask like this. And so they let him wear it. I was like, Nick, all right, bro. Okay. Yeah, listen, listen. I also got mad, too, because like, I almost threw my fucking hat on the floor because I was watching it before the podcast. Yeah, so he did like he did like the hidden blade. <laughs> it was so bad. I was just like, bro. Oh my god, no, man, Manny, Manny, I I mentioned that I was watching the the, the show on Discord yesterday, and uh, when he did that that when he did that move at the end, like I was like, uh, I think it was Ao who said it looked fucking terrible, and it, it, it is. It looks so unimpactful, 
And then I was like, man, Osprey takes your head off. And I'm not saying kill, you know, Davey Boy Smith Jr. at a Ric Flair pay-per-view. But, <laughs> but goddamn. You know, like, he used to do it in NXT. Like, he had a match with Gargano last year when he used to do it in NXT. It like, was never that good. It, nah, it wasn't, nah, like, it was great. Never oh, no, no, hold on. It, was never it wasn't, like, dope as fuck. But it was just, like, at least he had. Like, it was possible. Yeah, like, it looked like he had some, some sort of intensity to it. Yeah. And I was just like, dog, he just does not. I'm not saying he doesn't care. It's just like, yeah. fuck. He's lucky um, that Will, Will Osprey wasn't there. Well, man, if, man, I don't know if I was Will Osprey. I was like, move. I didn't like, why don't you lay that shit in, brother? What do you? What do you? What did you guys think of uh, Jacob Fatu's performance? Because I thought I didn't he, see it. I thought Jacob Fatu looked he went so nuts, good yesterday. Bro. He went. Yeah, insane. he went. No, he went nuts. He's often so so agile for his for his size. Yeah. Oh, but Alexander as well. Like that was just the straight blowout of just like let's just do a bunch of cool shit. And yeah. You know, Matt Cardone was going to come out. <laughs> so, he was, so he was Josh. So he was Josh Alexander and not Kirk Angel last night. He, he, was, was, he was actually hooping. He was. I mean, Alexander is a hooper. Alexander's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. You know, he's a good wrestler. I, I think the disconnect with Alexander for some people is that uh, he's presented as the top guy of Impact, and I mean, he's fine in the role. But I, I think if you were to compare him to like the elite performers in the industry. What he lacks that they have is just uh, – I, I think there's there's a certain intensity and aura um, and presence that, like, the top guys in the industry have that he doesn't have. And for me, the reason it stands out, Monty, personally, is just because a lot of his presentation and what he does is similar to Kurt Angle, and yet he's nowhere near as good as Kurt Angle. And it's not even because of the moves, <laughs> because, like, at the start of his match with a, with a, with um, Fatu, he's doing the European uppercuts and trying to get him for the ankle lock. But it's not like when Kurt does it, you know what I mean? You know, and, it's just, <laughs> and the thing too is like it's kind of weird when you watch when you watch him in like this setting with all like an all-star lineup of wrestlers. Like he, w- I don't think he was as good as Bandito or like Black Taurus or uh, even Fat Two in that match, or even Konosuke or Andrade. Sure. Right. Like all these guys were just so much better than him. It's just kind I, of- I, again, again, I think with him, you know, because I'm not trying to dog him either. He's a he's a very good worker. Oh yeah, he's I, really good. Very, he's very good. It, it, it's just that. It's positioning, you know what I mean, yeah. and, and and the fact that there's levels to this, you know. I think he's very good. I think he's a very good worker. Uh, if if I was Triple H running WWE, I would have no problem having him on my roster in the upper mid card scene, having good matches in the mid card for mid card belts with people like Chad Gable, you know. But like, I would I would never make him, you know, my ace, you know what I mean. But that's just me, and, and that's fine. I, I think I think a lot of the problems with discourse today in wrestling, Monty, is that. You either have to be this or you suck. And some yeah. guys are just, they're good, and that's fine. They're mm. good. You know, that's and just, they can't, that's I don't know. He only is with Impact as well. Uh, you see, with Alexander, um, he was red hot when he had the X Division total. And uh, yeah, when, yeah, he, when, he, when he swapped it for the opportunity, he was red hot then. And then they've done the moose bullshit, bro. Yeah. So people were just like waiting for Alexander to get his moment, even though, and it, was and he had even though it was painfully inevitable it was going to happen. And he kind of, it just wasn't the same. This kind of took a lot of shine off his whole plan to win because, you know, a lot of the past few months, well, a lot of the few months leading up to his title win, like I said, it was just kind of inevitable. Let's, you know, let's hurry up and get to it. And to your point, yeah, he's kind of, um, you don't have like that, you don't have that special aura when he comes out, you know, he's just kind of a, I think, <laughs> I get the, obviously I get the angle comparisons. Um, they're almost like, you know, painfully intentional. You know, he's dressed but, uh, like him, and he literally. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, for um, 
his vibe is like you know Kurt Angle. He was an Olympic gold medalist, and he was like a freak, like complete freak of an athlete. You know what I mean? He was like an unattainable level of you know, uh, something you'd look up to, you know, whereas Josh Alexander is more like the every man that can wrestle his ass off, you know what I mean? Um, you know, he used to be, a, he was a construction worker up until not long ago. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's very like, he's just kind of like, I don't want to say just the guy because like when we use that term in wrestling, it means that we think he's like a mid-card or whatever, but I mean, as in like, he just seems like a you know, a genuine cool guy and there's no, like, special appeal about him, you know? Um, I just think he often has, like, no urgency. Like, compared to Fatu, like, Fatu felt like he was just trying to take him take his head off throughout mm-hmm. the match. And then, like, Alexander just was, like, just going through the motions. Even when he had the ankle lock before he got cut off, he was just, like, holding it there. Well, well that's what I'm saying. You know, again, I because I haven't watched Kurt Angle matches until – I mean, like, I, I, I haven't watched Kurt Angle matches back uh, until a, a few months ago when I was doing my Mania review series. But prior to that, you know, like, I'm watching Alexander and it's fine. But then when you watch Kurt Angle put someone in the ankle lock and, he, and sweat is flying off his head and he's screaming at the top of his lungs and he's pulling the straps down and he's mm-hmm. telling you to tap out, you son of a bitch, you know, there is levels <laughs> to doing that. Versus just holding the guy's ankle and being, you know, just staring at him, you know, until he taps. Hang on, there's a better example. Davey Richards was in the opening match, and he was over there when he had the ankle lock. He was screaming, he was just huffing and puffing, like. Davey Richards is one of the great of the of the generation. So yeah, yeah, I, I, um, (laughs) you know, it's kind of funny. (laughs) Like, I feel like, even though I think Alexander is like notably uh, a better worker, Alexander and his former tag partner Eden Page are a in a, a bit of the same boat to me in that uh there's there's, there's a slight disconnect and i think that uh um th- the character and charisma standpoint it's a little it's a bit lacking with those guys and uh it's it's the reason why i don't you know put them higher than maybe uh other people would uh, so it's just mm-hmm. interesting this is interesting but um speaking of the flair on the card um, yeah we won't go through every single match because What's the point? Um, yeah. I guess um, yeah. when we've only when we've got limited time anyway. Um, there was it was a good on the card though, and uh, but I do want to point out the Lucha match because I feel like we definitely have to point that out. Oh 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 yeah, was I, I was story. I was saving that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that was you know it was reminiscent of the five way that they done in AAA, which if you saw that was like borderline five stars it was crazy it was better especially than especially if you're um especially if you're into loot shit you know what i mean um it was insane then obviously this match last last night yeah last night um yeah. was the same match but with um without the kingo in it and they delivered yet again um over delivered pretty much i think yeah. Uh, considering yeah. they only had what like 12 13 minutes, they went yeah. crazy, bro. That um, was, shout that out to only, that crowd was only here for that that main event, and they were the woke up for that. They were quite throughout the undercard, but once the loose yeah. started going and cooking, man, I'm telling you, beautiful when it's high when you have high level luchadors. That bro, shit, Manny, it's, it's good, it's, and it, they got them pumping, dude. Yeah. Manny, here's the thing about it, man, it's it's been proven historically. Yeah. That luchadors can come in cold into random foreign settings in wrestling. And people who have no idea what they're looking at, like by the end of it, love what they're watching. Oh, yeah. It's been proven historically 
if you go to 1994, um, when AAA reached LA and they brought all these like luchadors that have never wrestled in the States and like Eddie Guerrero and, and fucking, you know, Art Barr and like Rey Mysterio and Psychosis and these guys are wrestling in front of the United States crowd. There were no names, but by the end of the match, people were like, holy shit, this is awesome. And in WCW, when the luchadors would wrestle, bro, Eric Bischoff would just fly out random guys from AAA and CMLL, right? Put them in multi-man tags. People have no idea who half these people's names are. And the crowd has no idea. And they're chanting USA at the start of the match. By the end of it, they're loving what they're watching. You know, and with just, you know, guys you don't even know. And it's it's insane to me how this is a historically proven thing that Lucha gets over, right? High-level Lucha gets over. It's great. It's awesome. It's tons of fun. And yet, to this day, there's such a significant lack of, of just Lucha Libre representation on ma uh, major North American wrestling television. It's just yes. crazy to me. And, and, and so uh, one of my favorite things to, to, to watch, Monty, is to see people from a different wrestling background in, in, in a foreign setting doing what they do and, like, blowing people's minds. So, for example, uh, in 1982, Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid they wrestled in Madison Square Garden in a WWF show. It's a really random historical tidbit. They just were at a WWF show, and they had their New Japan match on the show. If you were to go to that MSG card in 82, nothing else remotely looks like what they were doing. This is like at all. They're doing springboards and ranas mm -hmm. and, and, and tiger faint kicks and shit. And that New York crowd, by the end of the match, gave them a standing ovation. I love that type of shit. Yeah. And, 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 and to me... I think that's partially why I like this match way more than the five-way at the AAA show, at Triple Mania. Because um, to me, yeah. it, it, it's four guys in front of a Tennessee crowd that had no time for them, really. And 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 they just they worked their asses off so much and did so much cool shit that was unlike yeah. anything else on the show, and they got over. And it's just yeah. so cool. Um, all four of those guys are terrific, in my opinion. Bandito, he has the physical charisma of a superstar. Like, it's not just, like, to me... You know, I value Bandito just as much as everybody else does, but it's not even his wrestling because he's as good as like the top luchadors. But it's it's just his presence. Like I think he just he he has the body language and the the, the, the gesturing of, of a superstar to me. Um, so kudos to all four of those guys. That match is terrific. Yeah. I'm probably gonna rewatch it when I get a chance. And they mm. should all be on television. Quite frankly, um, if Tony Khan and or Paul Levesque are not jumping for Bandito, then something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, so you know, just just my hats is, my hats are off to them, and they're they're what made this show worth um worth watching before the main event came on. Yeah. Um, uh, if you, I mean, I haven't really like told everybody this, but if you know me, like especially with what we talked about in the group chat earlier, my number one like my number one and number two favorite styles of wrestling is like Puro number one, and like number two is Lucha. So I'm like watching these guys go out there in this random Nashville show, like Hangman just said. Nobody wants to see any of these other matches. Like they're cool with the fine with the other matches, but they're really ready for flair, obviously. But it's like, mm -hmm. dog, the more flips they did, the more insane spots they did, the crazier Bandito went, the crazier Phoenix went, the crazier all of them, even fucking Taurus, which we'll get into Taurus in a second. But the crazier each and every single one of them went, the louder and louder the crowd got. Bro, and shout out to the, like, speaking of Taurus. Where did Rob go? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, uh, talking Dang. about Taurus. Rob, you, Rob, you got cooked. Um, Manny, Manny, what did you think of the four-way just overall? And, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure it was right up your alley, right? Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Like, I just, <laughs> if I don't know what you have to do to get tours, I know it was weird because they had a Laredo kid for a while, AW. Yeah, they, yeah. He never signed him. And no, he went to, and he went to Impact, and then he was just like, now he's an Impact with tours losing all the time and being like on their <laughs> show, which on is insane. Mind you, mind you, um, the Impact, the last, I think, Impact pay-per-view they had, uh, I think it was Laredo Kid and Taurus in the pre-show. That match was awesome. <laughs> that match was sensational. And yeah. it's it's a pre-show match, and it's like, whatever. Uh, that's, just, that's just crazy to me. Damn. Uh, oh, man, Rob. <laughs> Rob, no, Rob. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who was there representing AEW. Uh, maybe it was Tony Schiavone. I don't know. Because he... Because Tony Schiavone was kind of weird that night too, because he wasn't really like in his usual AEW form, popping for everything. No, no, Tony. Tony was um, he was being the full leader, play by play on commentary, which was his old mm-hmm. role. But in AEW, he's more of a passenger that just kind of watches the show and like reacts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully yeah. he, hopefully he just like convinces them all to get in, like those luchadors to get in there because they already, they already have Ray Phoenix underneath their contract, so they yeah. have to worry about Ray Phoenix. But the other, the other three. Oh. I will try to snatch him away. Instantly. Welcome back, Rob. And then uh, someone that we know, Hangman, kind of like, <laughs> you know, uh, gave me a maybe more positive that we might see Bandito. So I don't know. Yeah, look, man, I don't. Uh, oh, I was a. Uh, well, no, uh, all I was saying was was just like shout out to Bandito. If y'all can hear me, shout out to Taurus for saving Bandito's life. Uh, yeah, he was, he was like five <laughs> seconds away from landing. Paralyzed five seconds, like five millimeters, bro. Yeah, bro. literally, it was the nasty. It would have been nastier than the Hayabusa incident. It would have been really bad. Terrible. Um, uh, what else? Uh, just shout out to all four of those guys. I think, yeah, four of those guys in general. It was just like, man, Tony. Bro, Tony, stop playing, bro. <laughs> it is, Tony, listen, it's not even like slandering nobody, bro. The fact that you watched that ROH main event at Supercard of Honor and said, let me sign one of these guys and not both of these guys is nasty business. We it, need Bandito in AEW. It, it, makes me, it makes me wonder if maybe Bandito is uh, – like what if, what if Tony did offer him and Bandito, for whatever reason, didn't want to sign? He said recently, bro. He said recently, he said um, it was basically he didn't sign with like the books and Omega, etc. after All In because um, what was it? it was something, I think he wanted, he wanted to stay with Ring of Honor and like, be loyal to Ring of Honor sort of thing. I think it was yes. something like that anyway. Then, okay. um, yeah. then, like, he was like, you know, if AEW wants me, he wants to be there. Um, yes. If, like, if AEW wants him, no, he wants to be there. So, wow. um, <laughs> so I, I, I genuinely don't think if they would have offered him, they he would have said no. Okay, what's up, Manny? No. So, well, Heyman freaking scared me last week when he was, like, when he was doing that Triple H propaganda. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Oh I, I can, I can look, Hanger Select can report to you that Triple H likes Bandito. Bro, yeah. Bandy, of course, it bro. Let's be honest. Who doesn't? That's like obvious. Truth is, that could be like that could be like there. We're back in for the indie guys, sort of signing. Yeah, but know? then like, he like we can expect. Go ahead. And then only that. Oh, I don't want to say, but like I don't know. After hearing some stuff, like, well, yeah, I'm kind of happy now that uh, we might actually see him. So hopefully everything works out. So yeah, yeah Bandy does great. So um, but yeah. Speaking of great. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
Let's talk about this main event. Then. Here we go. So Rick Flair's <laughs> Rick Flair's last match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ric Flair teamed up with his son-in-law, Andrade Elidolo, um, and he faced Jeff Jarrett, mm-hmm. Jay Lethal, in yes. a match that I still, I'm, I'm being honest, man, like, I still haven't like processed it properly, <laughs> like, and I've, I've watched it two and a half times now. Um, I, I, I want to interrupt I, you I did love it, to, but... I wanna, I, I want to interrupt you to give a shout out to Anna in the chat. Uh, our beloved Anna is in the chat, and she said, <laughs> "Let me open this back up." Uh, Anna said, uh, "I'm afraid of WWE hiring Bandito and changing his name to Thief, so that the fans can pronounce it." Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair, Ric Flair, Andrade, Jeff Jarrett, Jelly Four. Yeah, yeah. This was. Like I said, I haven't quite processed it yet. Um, it definitely didn't get good critical acclaim. Let's no. throw it out there straight away. We're not going to come on here and say that it was a fantastic uh, technical spectacle masterpiece. It definitely was a spectacle, uh, just not a technical one. Um, <laughs> I personally loved it from my experience yeah. and oh. who I watched it with in the group chats and stuff like that. Yes. Like, I did love it and I had a great time and Funnily enough, so did the live crowd. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and really into it. Um, just it seems like Rick was very happy with it as well. At the end of it, he feels like he got what he wanted out of it. Um, yeah. But with that being said, <laughs> this was genuinely one of the most hilarious spectacles. In like, I don't even know if hilarious is the right word because it was also terrifying at points as well. Like Rick, I was genuinely like petrified. Rick yeah, it was supposed like, to be terrifying too. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, I was genuinely terrified for Rick at multiple points. There was a lot of uh, ridiculous pops for me in there. Um, <laughs> not just the little thing. Uh, yeah. Jeff Jarrett had one of the greatest entrances of the year. Oh man, um, the the heat. <laughs> Karen was phenomenal in this. Um, Terrific valet work. Andrade was like, God, he just. God he had to play. He had to play his role in the sense that he couldn't just go in there and just fucking go crazy. You know, he was Ric Flair's oh, partner. So and he played that role. He, yeah. had, he had. He had to hold it yeah. together. The Raw yeah. plans came out today. Yeah, the Raw plans always come out. Real good. Yeah, but they. Uh, so I want to say the triple threat. The winners are facing each other tonight. So it's all happening in one night. Yeah. You you know you know that you know that reminds me of Monty and, and Rob. Do you yeah. guys remember the Raw after the 2016 draft? Yep. When 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 Finn Balor, the goal of that show was to get Finn Balor over, <clears throat> do the two four ways, get Finn Balor to pin Roman clean, and establish him as as the next number one contender. And that yeah. show that show was very much a, a statement show that indicated the new era and all that type of stuff. Right. That's kind of what the show was feeling like on paper. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Bro, forget forget all this raw. Like, I want to talk about Ric Flair. <laughs> Bro, we're talking about Ric Flair. <laughs> we've, we've got 13 minutes here. We're going to spend two minutes probably talking about SummerSlam because that's yes. in the title. Yeah, I'm yeah, I want to talk about Ric, Ric Flair, Flair and Jeff Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, Andrade. Jay Lethal was okay. You know, he done his job in there. You know, we have held it together. This is my time. But yo, I ain't having this raw talk coming up. What was 
What are we doing, bro? What are we doing? We think we ever get these moments. <laughs> uh, we don't get them. How, how many other times yeah. Rick Flair? How many other times Rick Flair gonna have his last match, bro? Like, it's not. I said this. I was, saying, I was bringing this up earlier when I was like, "He's my wrestler of the week," and everybody's like, "No, no, we can't have Rick Flair." Oh my god, that was just so bad. bad. It's, was it's like, not right. It's bro, not right. Bro, bro, bro. Rick Flair. Did you right. see the front row? Star studded. You don't get that right. wrestling no more. That was crazy, no more, bro. Where do you where do you see Undertaker show up at a show anywhere? I can't I can't lie. Taker was looking saucy as fuck ringside, just chilling with this with his with his bandana backwards hat, sunglasses, whole MAGA fit on, baby. His whole MAGA fit on. He had the whole he had the whole biker outfit. Before I even get to my thoughts on the match, it killed me because um when Rick was ringside by the barricade fighting with Jared, like you could see Taker's face in a certain angle. Bro, what's up? When you fight the heart attack. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Oh. You know, that, that was, Jesus Christ, bro. This was this was something. This was like this guy, he faked the heart attack. Guys, this man bladed, right? And I swear to God, after he took a, a vertical suplex, not a superplex, not a power bomb, not a not a hip toss. A vertical suplex at like 0.5 speed. He never got back up for the rest of the match. He literally laid on the floor and crawled from corner to corner. Oh. And, and Andrade had to drag him to do his next few spots. That man, that man, Ric Flair, I, I, I swear to God, I'm pretty sure he died and then like revived himself during the match. Oh, Someone said, but I'm sure he, that at the end of the died. match, the, yeah, at the end of the match, he thought he died. <laughs> bro, yeah. bro, he, out, I, he was knocked out, right? And I'm trying. He has the brass knuckles, and he's basically he's like, Rick, 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 bro, wake up! That <laughs> was so terrifying. Like, bro, Rick's hand, uh, Rick, so Rick, Rick, his hands were dangling. And, oh, yeah. and, 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 I was listening to Spanish commentary, bro. They went quiet when he did that, bro. Like, <laughs> Bro, Andrade was literally like reviving him and, and put the knuckle the knucks on, picked his body up, and Rick somehow was able to stay standing. I was surprised Rick delivered the punch. Honestly, like he was so gone, fam. He was so gone. Yeah. You know, I thought Andrade was just gonna yeah. shove because Andrade was getting those knuckles on, even if Rick was cold and dead in the ring, bro. Yeah. I was in there like I, yo, Monty, I literally I literally bro. thought that he was going to hold his fist. And like, just, like punch yeah. him for him, like, like grab his hand. <laughs> bro, there was a part in the match where Rick Flair was just dead, bloody yes. mess on the apron, yes. waiting for a hot tag, bro. And when he got the yeah. hot tag, he just crawled to the other side of the ring. <laughs> 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 I forgot the Like Andrade was training with him and said, like, this is like. You saying Ric Flair said he felt like a 22 year old? I've never seen a 22 year old move like that. I think how Ric was saying, uh, bro. Nah, yeah, no, man, listen, kind of... there was, there was, listen, I, <laughs> this match I... is so funny, bro. <laughs> bro, that Jared entrance, I, I Jared entrance, I was like, all right, four, God, four and a quarter. Oh and, then, and then and then a Ric Flair made his entrance and then he he pulled out the big gold belt. I said, all right, four and a half. This thing started the match, started doing headlock takeovers and, and head scissors. I was like, all right, all right, nigga, all right, five hold stars. On, hold man. on, hold on. Yes, yeah. I just want to caution. He did headlock takeovers and head scissors. Yes, he, bro. He, he, but, but, no, no, no. Listen, but he did that shit. <laughs> 
in like 0. 0.005 speed. This this like like this match Go over, brother. I don't know. Go over I don't, in the building. I don't I don't know what to rate this match. I, I don't I'm even know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving it a rating, but what I will say is Ric Flair was horrible. Like he was he was a Abysmal. Nah, <laughs> he was going. What are you talking about? At the same time, though, do you think? I think he froze up and got a bit nervous. Um, because at the, at the start when he was just standing there, like he wasn't even like being Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. He genuinely looked like he was a bit frozen up, and I know it's I... Ric Flair and people. Like, how does Ric Flair get nervous? But like, you know, come on. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, <laughs> what I mean is, uh, like when when it comes to mobility, uh. And quite frankly, just doing anything like he just like couldn't really. It, it, it li- I, he looked like he was 115. Like, oh yeah. Like his 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 skin is trying to leave his body so badly. Oh my god, it arms. was disgusting. I was his, looking at his, his bicep. His looked, bicep. Someone compared him to just... someone compared him to Mermaid Man on social media, and and it's true. Like this dude, Ric Flair's titties were on his belly button. Like they like they if you it like look behind nasty. his shirt, and, and and he, I was looking at the chops right. And like they, I was like, bro, lay lay the lay this in, Rick. Lay it in. Yeah, I even he was watching the Discord. You was getting mad. You was like, bro, lay the fucking chops in. Dude, lay doing? the chops in, Rick. What are we doing? I, and I remember somebody goes, hang man, he he can't move. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was it was Robert Martyr. I'm watching yeah, Martyr was like, yeah. Let me recap it, Monty. I'm watching this match with Robert Martyr, right? I said, lay it in. And he's like, dude. He can't. What other what other like crazy highlights was it from that match? Um, oh, 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 oh my god, Ric Flair's daughter fighting with Karen. With Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Karen said she was gonna fucking Megan, Megan, bro. <laughs> the highlight of the match, Megan Flair going, I'll fucking kill you. Like, oh my I god, just, I, here's my thing, right? I'm watching this match, right? And like at the beginning, Rick Rick can't do anything, and I'm like, this is a disaster. Right? I'm like, this is a fucking disaster. Jeff Jarrett hits him with Karen shoe. He can't do anything, right? <laughs> and then somehow, somehow, like I don't know how this works, bro, with this motherfucker Ric Flair. He can't move. It's a disaster at the start. And it takes once he starts bleeding, like he bleeds. Jared is being Jared. There's drama, there's intensity. Andrade is just having the match of his life when it comes Andrade to Andrade is wrestling he's he's hooping with lethal yeah I was gonna say he's he's having the match of his life and he's wrestling around his like <clears throat> literally in the ring in progress dying father-in-law and like yeah. the drama of can Ric Flair revive himself as a shoot to tag Andrade like made the match compelling because it I'm watching this I'm like bro wake up like wake yeah. up and he's literally like trying to shake his shit off to <laughs> tag. and I'm like this is crazy and he 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 literally revives himself like two to three times with the crawling and shit, and it's not selling. He's literally just half yeah. dead. He's literally <laughs> like dead. He's half like... dead. And, and then I was like, "Is this becoming like?" Oh. I, I sat there. I'm like, "Is this becoming kind of good?" Like, like, like unironically. No, no. Oh, this is Andrade when Andrade hit Jarrett for the first time. Jared never took anything from him again. Every time before he could land a lariat, <laughs> first time land a lariat or a chop, he would bump for it before he even hit him with it. Listen, we're running out of time, so I, I want to say two things. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. last things. Jared is in incredible shape. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how he looks. When I found out he was 55, my mind was blown because to me, I swear to God, he doesn't look that much different than how he looked at the end of TNA. Yeah, like yeah. he doesn't look his, his body isn't like. 
I don't know what he's on. He looks he's in tremendous shape. Andrade, God bless this guy. <laughs> this guy held this match together, in my opinion. Jarrett had his hit. Jarrett was the wise one. He um was a veteran. He he wrestled a very smart match. Uh Lethal, yeah. Lethal was just there. Um, Andrade to me, just with his 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 athleticism and his passion and just mm-hmm. what he did. I think this is like, even though this is not one of his best matches of all time ever at all, but it's yeah. one of his most memorable performances, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and a very important wrestling effort for him, and and I'm actually really just happy for him and proud for him, proud of him. Um, him just him just literally like bringing his father-in-law back to life to do the finish, <clears throat> and, and then Ric Flair like not even being able to sit up to do the figure four and pinning himself is so funny. Um, I don't know what I'd rate this. I don't even know how I feel about it. All I know is that it was an experience yeah. that I watched and I won't forget. So, mm-hmm, yeah. um, all I want to say about the event as a whole is that. I would actually like to see more Conrad Thompson, Jim Crockett Promotions branded wrestling shows with good yeah, wrestlers. That's on it. not happening. It should though. It made a, it, it, <laughs> no, made, it made no it made no, wait, 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 pause, pause. <laughs> now, not with way. Rick. Not with Rick. No, I'm I'm, no, bro. Yeah, no, this, no, the, yeah, no, the Conrad J- Crockett thing, not, bro. Do it. No, 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 no. Not that I wouldn't like it. I enjoyed the show, but trust me, bro. That's not. Monty, here's the thing. Here's my thing. Got three minutes. Okay, okay. Here's my here's my thing. Um, we don't get PWG streaming. You know what I mean? So, and so yeah. it's like, and, and GCW is not good. So it's like, <laughs> where, where else am I going to get these shows where I can just watch it? And it's like just right. wrestlers from around the, the US, United States just, you know, having, you know, matches. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, before, before we yeah. move on, we, we, got, we can't forget how good the punches were in this match. Jeff Jarrett's oh, yeah. punches were. Yeah, incredible. Jeff Jarrett's one. Jeff he's Jarrett, one of the best. Uh, top five punches ever. Best, yeah, okay, okay. You know, one you know, the best in the business. Rapid, rapid yeah. fire, one sentence. Monty, SummerSlam, thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think of the show? Um, thumbs up, I guess, but not a dramatic thumbs up. Um, the main event was incredible. Um, Brock and Roman actually delivered a good match for once, which is you know, good stuff. Yeah. Um, Usos, Street Profits, unfortunately, didn't deliver to the expectation level or even to the level of their you know previous match at Money in the Bank. Yeah. Um, well, so obviously, the Bailey EO Dakota thing was incredible. Bianca and Becky had a great match. Um, Logan Paul looked spectacular. Oh my god, um, what else is there? Liv versus Ronda had a really stupid fucking finish, but you know, at, le- at least Ronda's heel now, I guess. But like I said, the finish was ridiculously stupid. And Liv this is a very long stance, Monty. Um, but yeah. Cool. Rob, Rob, SummerSlam, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thoughts on the show? Uh, SummerSlam, thumbs up. It was a good show. Some bad parts, but it was a good show. I thought, Manny, did you watch the show? Uh, a tractor. You saw the tractor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tractor. yeah. yeah, listen, Brock Lesnar's awesome. That tractor spot is awesome. That main event was a lot of fun. Minutes, it was yeah. it was absolutely absurd. But um, absurdity is what I want out of WWE, quite frankly. Uh, big spectacle. Uh, I like the show. I thought the aesthetic was was really cool. I love outdoor wrestling stadium shows. I just I just I, I like the energy of those shows. Hour one to me was like flat out great in my opinion because the women's match was good. Mm-hmm. The angle after the match was, was terrific, and uh, yeah. Logan Paul like blew my mind with his performance. That might have been one of the best Miz matches I've ever seen. Um, uh, outside of that, I thought the undercard was just like kind of fine. It was just, that that's the best word I could use is fine. The Usos match under delivered. Uh, the live stuff sucked. And uh, the main event was fun. Overall, I would say my feelings on the show was positive. I'd give it a thumbs up as well. And I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw, actually, which is starting it's right starting now. Right now. So right now. like, subscribe, and peace. Exactly.